0: Welcome to the Springs Church Podcast, where we explore the teachings of Jesus Christ and how they can be applied to our daily lives. Join us as we delve into the Bible and discuss topics such as faith, hope, love, and forgiveness. Our mission is to inspire and empower our listeners to live a life of purpose and meaning, and to deepen their relationship with God. Tune in every week for a new episode as we learn how the Bible, Holy Spirit, and a relationship with Jesus will impact every area of your life. A Couple weeks ago, if you were with us, I shared a message called, It's Not About You. You remember it? We talked about how this world is so self-absorbed that everything about the world, everything about the enemy and what he stands for to steal, kill, and destroy, at the root of it is pride. At the root of it is sin. And what letter do we find smack dab in the middle of sin? I. What, what letter do we find smack dab in the middle of pride? I. What is it about selfishness? Because in and of ourself, we're nothing. The Bible says we're powerless without Jesus, and that's okay, because I'd rather know the truth about how I was created, how I was made, and if we go back to the original design, I was never made to do it in my own power. I was never created to make it all about me where everything's on my shoulders and I need to figure it out. I was created to be a house of the presence of God. You were created to be a temple of the living God. But yet we see Christians not really living. We see people who say, I believe in Jesus, and you know, maybe one day he'll bless me, or one day we'll, you know, I'll, I'll figure this out. And But yet today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. You can, you can know this today. We don't have to wait. We don't have to bug and plead and beg and worry about whether or not God loves us. His word tells us that I have loved you since the beginning of creation. I have set my love on you. I have a plan for you. But here's what we find. I get in the way. (laughs) You get in the way. And it's not about me, Eden. But we sure get in our way, don't we? And uh, the Bible talks about humbling yourself, that pride comes before a fall. And I don't know about you, but I hate falling. (laughs) It's not fun to fall, especially in Canada when you fall on the ice. Oh, it's not fun. So you were not made to fall, you were made to live and you were made to live with Christ in you. And we talked about that two weeks ago, Galatians 2.20, for those who are with us, uh, the Passion Translation, my old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. The old you should be dead, so quit trying to dig him up. Quit trying to make the old you work. Quit trying to make it work in your own power because when you come to give your life to Jesus, the best news is he lives in you and this old you is dead. And now the essence of this new life, it's new life, it never gets old. It's always new life in Jesus, is no longer mine for the anointed one lives his life through me, This needs to be the attitude of a believer in every area of our life, that it's not about me. It's about letting Christ live through me. It says, we live in union as one. Religion doesn't teach this. 1 Corinthians says that we are one spirit not two spirits who are just trying to figure things out, your spirit and God's spirit, that literally when you believe on Jesus and you confess with your mouth, what you are doing is you are inviting God's spirit which is perfect, which has been here forever, which is everything you need for life and godliness to come and live in your dead spirit. He removes that old nature and his very nature, his very presence, 100% of who he is. Not Eden gets a little and Dallas gets a little and Tim gets a little. Every single one of us, when we invite God into our life, it is the most miraculous thing that takes place on the face of this earth because who he is comes to dwell inside of us, but it's up to me if I let him live in and through me. How am I seeing this life with him? How am I seeing myself we talked about it. Do I see God as this person outside of me, this being that decides things for me and keeps me keeps me from being healed if I'm not doing the right things? And, and, and I'm over here and I'm having to beg and plead, which is what religion and, and people come along and try to tell you. But the Bible says that he actually lives in you. Don't you know? You are the temple of God. You are not your own, Corinthians says. And that is the best news because on your own, you fail every time. And this has been a revelation that I have welcomed with open arms. And I'm a firstborn. I hate getting things wrong. (laughs) I am a firstborn. Used to be a bit of a control freak. I am working on that. I've gotten a lot better. I am that type A personality. I want it my way. It needs to be the way I see it. And I have had to realize that, Eden, you want to be wrong when it comes to God and you want Him to be right in your life. If you're wrong, you don't want to go down that path, right? We talked about that in the last couple weeks too. There is a way that seems right in my mind. It's a path that even seems straight, Proverbs says, but it leads to death. So I don't let my life live through me, I let his life live through me, but what I see is very important. What I see as the truth of me, what I see is if God's out there, which is not Bible, and I'm bugging and begging and pleading, I am living a point of view that is false, that is wrong. What I'm seeing is leading me and guiding me because Proverbs 23:7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what we choose to think, what we decide to believe, what we see is of paramount importance. And God can't come in and force you to see something. That's not love. Love gave you the privilege... Of owning who you are and who you choose to be, the words you choose to speak, you know, the where you choose to live in your identity, in your personality. Yes, some may see it as a heavy responsibility, but you must see it as a privilege. It's the most beautiful gift that God's given you the ability to choose what you can think, to choose what you can believe. This is good news for some of you who were raised in abuse, for some of you who were raised in neglect, for some of you who may maybe we're not raised and you jumped from foster home to foster home that thinking this is all that life is. No, the Bible says that as you think in your heart, so are you. And what you've gotten you to now, the thoughts, maybe the feelings, the experiences, you can make a decision and go, what I think now is not what I'm going to keep thinking. As I think in my heart, so am I. So I need to be careful what I allow to be the, th- the way I see things. I don't know if many of you are on social media. I try to really regulate it in my life. <laughs> but there was this thing popping up recently where everyone was posting on their stories, POV, POV, and then they would type something after it. And I was just like, and I'd keep seeing it, and I'd be like, what the heck is POV? And I just would forget about it and go on with my day. And then one day, just I couldn't take it anymore. I'm like, what is POV? This new trend in social media. And it means point of view. (laughs) That's what social media is, right? Here's my point of view. Here's what I ate today. Here's what, um, you know, here's where I am on vacation. And it's not all bad. I do love seeing where my friends are going and what they're up to. But if we're not careful, social media becomes a way to idolize myself. I, 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 me, me, me. So that's something I dealt with in my 20s. I, I was a sucker when it came to social media in my 20s. And I realize now this point of view, everyone's sharing their point of view on Instagram and on Facebook, and look at what I'm seeing. And what I'm coming to realize in this revelation of not me, but Christ in me, is that my point of view doesn't matter. But this is, this is something we gotta really wake up to as believers that you are ready to surrender the way you see it, the way that you've been, because even me as a firstborn, as a type A, as the personality I am, I clut—I used to clutch so strongly onto I'm right. This is, this feels right. This is what I think, right? There's a way that seems right, and I'm going to go this way. But if we're going to let Christ live in and through us, the old you dies, which means your point of view gets surrendered as well. And now I've decided I want God's point of view in every area of my life. I don't want what I think is the way to build a marriage. I don't want what I think is the way to train my child. I don't, I don't want what I think is the way to make money. The Bible says God gives me the power to produce wealth. I think I'd rather have God show me how to have wealth than my own peanut brain, me and my own power, and what I think I can do because pride comes before a fall. And humility, humbling yourselves to God is where there is peace, right? Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, cast your cares on Him and let Him care for you. But we just care way too much about what we think. We care way too much about our point of view. It gets us into trouble with our spouse. What do we do? We're fighting about our points of view it gets us into trouble with our kids. What are we doing? We're debating about the way we see it and the way they see it. And and when you hold on to your point of view that is not renewed by the Word of God, so we're talking about a point of view that does not have God's point of view, it's going to fail you every time. And I mean, you can hold on to it for dear life and pretend like it's working, but... As Dr. Phil would say, how's that working for you? (laughs) Right? (laughs) I'm not not upholding everything he teaches, but I do like that one question. How's that been working for you? You know, it's not. And when you can just finally give up the charade that my point of view is not working for me and it's okay that I'm wrong, Eden, it's okay. You got it wrong. But in Jesus, you can be right. Right? You can have everything you need for life and godliness. And so as a believer, we need to hold on to God's point of view. We need to let ourselves let go of wanting to be right, of wanting to convince everyone of our point of view, unless you've adopted God's point of view as your own, which is a beautiful place to be as a believer, where you keep renewing your mind, you keep accepting everything he says, where the only way you see it is the way God says it. And that is the life, the abundant life, is taking the word of God and allowing it to change what you see in every area. That's why you'll hear from our pulpit so many times, Romans 12 two. If you've been coming for a while, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I don't know about you, but I've heard that one verse alone very often. But if you look at the verse, it starts with the word and. So if it starts with the word and, there's something that came before it. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed. So before you can choose God's way, his word, letting it renew your mind and transform you, you first have to realize, oh man, Jesus sacrificed his life for me. He gave me everything I could ever need. Now I need to give him everything that I am. So being able to let the word transform you comes out of a, a place in your heart that says, yes, as I think in my heart, so am I. I don't want my thoughts. I want God's thoughts. So I am going to surrender my body, my mind, and I'm gonna say, God, I want to be a living sacrifice for you because I want to let your life live through me because my life on its own can do nothing. But with you, I can be everything you've called me to be. I can do all things through Christ, not through my own efforts. And this message of the gospel, we got to really make sure we understand it is not by our works. It is not because you're worthy. It is not because you come to church every Sunday. It is not because you read the Bible for half an hour and you say your prayers before bed. That is the that is works mentality. And Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 says it's so clear, for by grace you have been saved. It's a gift through faith and that, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. I mean, how could you get any clearer, right? Let, lest anyone should boast. We don't boast in who we are. We boast in him for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we let's make it really clear. If you've been taught by religion, I want to make this really clear for you that it's by grace, God's grace. He loved us so much, he sent his son You weren't even alive when that took place. And he already decided, I know they're lost without me and I want to redeem them. I want them with me. I created them to be with me and I wanna give them every chance to choose me. Because in this world, I can choose my point of view. He's not gonna come and force you and control you. Otherwise, the Bible wouldn't say, do not be conformed. He'd say, I'll make sure that you're not conformed to this world and I'll take responsibility. But he gave you the responsibility, which is really cool. You get to choose your spouse. You get to choose where you live. You get to choose your hobbies and interests. And and if you're wise, you do it with God. <laughs> you do it with his word. But he gives you personality. He gives you variety. I mean, just look around this room. We look so different. We wear such different clothes. We have different families. And I love that God's a God of variety and beauty. But It's not because of us that we have been saved. It's not because of our works, it's through our faith. The word came to us. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. What is the word of God? It's his spirit. So his spirit came to you. Maybe someone was preaching to you. Maybe a friend shared their faith with you. The spirit of God was spoken to you and his faith, the moment Holy Spirit started saying, God loves you, He saved you, He wants to show you real life. You had a choice, and if you're a believer today, you let the faith of the Son of God come into your spirit and you are whole in your spirit. You are perfect, you are holy, the word says. It says you are sealed by Holy Spirit, but God made you a physical being. I say, thank you, Jesus, because I love to smell things. I love to see colors. I love to taste the different foods. Like, how good is God? He gave us a way to express ourselves, to enjoy this world, but it is not meant to be the way in which you live. Your flesh, the way you see things, the way you taste, the way you feel. But have you noticed this world that you're not supposed to conform to is all about that, is all about. Oh, Eden, if you feel like yelling, you should yell and you should give them a piece of your unrenewed mind, as my dad would say. (laughs) Uh, You know, if you're feeling really sad, you should just cry. You're probably depressed. You should get on some medication. The world's going to lead you down the path it's decided is the way to go. And the Bible says, don't fall for it, Eden. Do not let it mold you. That's what it means to be conformed. The world is trying to mold you into its mold and it has not made you, it has not created you, it has not saved you. The world has done nothing for you. And yet if we're not guarding our heart and being careful about the thoughts that we take and if we're just loving ourselves and loving our point of view and look at how good I am, we're boasting in ourselves, and we're not boasting in the Lord. I thank God that it's not about me. Like every morning I wake up and I go, oh, thank God, I don't have to figure out this day in perfect form and I don't have to, I just need to surrender to you. I just need to submit to you and go, not me, God, but you, you in me. And I wanna have a relationship with you all day. I don't wanna just have a short devotion time in the morning. I wanna bring you into each part of my day. We talked about this recently too. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in All your ways acknowledge him, bring him into every moment of every breath, of every word, of every feeling, and submit your point of view. And this is a day by day, moment by moment thing. And the better you get at it, oh man, it feels good. It feels like, wow, I could never have chosen joy on my own. It's because joy lives in me. I couldn't have created this joy. I couldn't have created love. I couldn't have created peace. God is peace. God is love. God is joy. And he lives on the inside of me. But as I think, so am I. So if I let my mind think about how I feel today. And what, what someone said to me yesterday, and it was so cruel, and, and I let my mind be captivated by the flesh, Romans says, let's go there, Romans 8, 5 to 6, for those who live, so live, think, feel, how I operate, my point of view, according to the flesh, set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I want to make it really clear. The Bible's not saying that carnality is death. God gave you a body. God gave you your five senses. It's a gift, but to live by it leads you to death. To live by your flesh and what you feel is right. And well, if you just knew Eden, all the things that happened to me, I don't need to know, give it to God. God will show you the way. To life. God will lead you out of any trauma, anything you don't understand, God wants to reveal it to you. God wants to get his word in your heart. God believes in you more than anybody on the face of this planet. He's gone to the furthest ends of the world than anybody ever will. No one's even come close to what God's done for you and how much he loves you. And when he fills you with his presence, let him fill you fully, mind, body, and spirit, and put spirit in front. You are a spirit that has a body. (laughs) You are not a body that houses a spirit. Who you are is a spirit. But yet God put us in this physical place and we all were raised by imperfect parents in a world that is imperfect, in a world the Bible says that Satan is the God of. And Jesus is gonna come back and redeem it. And I cannot wait for that day where Satan is gonna have his last time to just, you're out of here, sucker. But that's why we exist here to help people, show people, look who Jesus is. Look what he's done in my life. No, I'm not perfect. But look what happens when I keep surrendering my marriage, when I keep surrendering my finances, when I keep surrendering my point of view. It's not about how you look at it, Eden. Even yesterday, I was feeling, I don't know, blue. Like I was feeling like, oh, but I didn't let myself. I didn't let myself. Like, Eden, you want to go there? Because then you can live there. You can just have a crummy day. If that's how you think, that's how you'll be. I thought, no, I have no reason to feel this way. The world would say, let's talk this through. Why are you feeling this way? Let's define it. Let's own it. Here's 10 steps to just live with it. I'm sorry, I just just don't sign up for the world's way. I don't even want it. I don't even want it. Bible says, do not be conformed. I have something better. You have something better. Like better isn't even a word. I don't even have a word that can describe how much better it is. Like human words fail to the goodness of God and the goodness of God can live in your mind and in your body and it's in your spirit. You lack no good thing. That's why God can say you have everything you need because you have God. You have everything you need inside of you. It's not this thing you're trying to reach for. It's not this thing you're trying to prove yourself and read and, and prove to God that I'm good enough to have you and I can, I can, I can do this, God. no. He already believes in you. He already knows you're not perfect. Why else would Holy Spirit need to teach you (laughs) and guide you (laughs) and lead you? Because He knows you're learning. He knows you live in a world that is dominated by the enemy one, but we are changing that in Jesus' name. We are taking ground for Jesus. We're not letting the enemy have the last laugh. I'm gonna make that sucker cry. I'm gonna make that sucker, you know... (laughs) Wish he never thought he could overcome God. And like, that's our job. It's like, he, he envies us because he will never have God. And, and we have the very image of God inside of us. He hates us. And I hate him. And I have something better. Jesus overcome. He overcame the enemy. His enemies are going to be at his, under his feet. I walk on the enemy. I don't let him walk all over me, and, but it's how I choose to think and the point of view I choose to receive. And let me tell you, you have people in your world right now who love their point of view. Be careful. Be careful about the advice you take from people who are not godly people, people who are, who are striving after and who are, who are working out their salvation and going, God, you first. You first. Those are the people I take advice from. I put on a tape of my dad or I talk to someone I know that I see the fruit of their life. I see that they're wanting to put God first, that it's not all about them. And I'm not talking about perfection. I'm just talking about this pursuit, this seeking God with all of your heart, living a a life of repentance, that, that it's not my way, it's your way, God. And if I realize I've been going my way, I immediately go, nope, what does repent mean? Turn around. Don't go the way you thought was right. The second Holy Spirit shows you, oh, Eden, you're relying on your own strength right now. You go, thank you, God. Thank you, God. You're my teacher. You're my helper. You're my strengthener. You're my comfort. You're my advocate. So let him be those things for you. And don't feel condemned because Romans says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So God is not coming to make you feel condemned. You may feel convicted, but I'm thankful for any time God convicts me that Eden... This isn't who you are. All right, thank you, Jesus. Yes, I want your point of view. I don't want my point of view. My point of view fails every time. And I adopt his point of view as my point of view, and I live that way by setting my mind on the Spirit, by not letting myself be conformed. And here's the thing I heard Pastor Leon once say, and it just blew my mind. If it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, there is no in-between if I am not actively pursuing my beautiful God and speaking to him throughout the day and going to his word in the times where I don't know what to do and asking him for help, if I'm not transforming, I'm conforming. There is no in-between. And that gives me a bit of fire under my seat. I'm like, all right, like I don't wanna be misled by the world. I don't want to be deceived and, and, and fall into the mold that they have because I see the fruit of their decisions. I see what society is dealing with right now. I see the turmoil. I see the hurt. I see the pain. And I have the answer. So Eden, don't get caught up in the fake answers that they like to label as answers. Eden, possess and own and live out the answer that you have, that no one can take away from you. Romans says nothing can separate you from the love of God, that it's gonna take an eternity for you to experience the depths and the heights and the widths of all that he has for you. So this life with God, it isn't an arrival. And I love that because I love adventure. Who loves adventure? Who loves journey? You gotta love the journey. You gotta love each day, each moment, because all you have is today. And today can be a journey in pursuing all that God has for you. Today can be a moment where you get a revelation of Christ in me, an awesome, I'm gonna say that differently to my kid when I get home. And I'm gonna to apologize to my spouse about what I said yesterday, because that was pride. That was me putting my point of view above God's point of view. And I want God to work in my marriage. I want God to show me how to be the best mom because in and of myself, I can't do it. And I want him in me and I want to let him live through me. And that has to do with taking thoughts captive, realizing what the world's up to and measuring it up to the word of God. If I don't know the word of God, I can't be transformed by it. If I'm not getting it into me, we don't read the word of God to impress him. We don't read the word of God to earn salvation. We read the word of God because it's truth and it's life and we live in a world of lies and death. When you wake up to that, I live in a world that does not serve Jesus. I live in a world, there is no answer for me in the world. The word is truth. And the more I let it get into my mind, a mindset is what psychology talks about and seminars and whatever. What's your attitude like? Where's your, what's your mindset? The best mindset is the spirit. A mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Yes, thank you, Jesus. And it's available to every person, not just to the people who you think are perfect in your life, because that's a lie, that's a facade. You think other people are perfect. (laughs) This is going to set you free, because this set me free the other day when I heard someone say it. Because you know your inner thoughts, you know the things you struggle with, you know what you're walking through and the thoughts that you're taking captive and bringing it to the Word. You don't get to hear my thoughts. You don't get to see my behind the curtain of my life. So it's easy to think everybody else has it all together because you only know you, but don't get caught up there. You're not meant to live behind the curtain, suffering and struggling, and oh, and you're not meant to live in condemnation. You're meant to go, no point of view, you're wrong. The second a thought comes to your head that is not what the word of God says you are or what you can do or what you can have, you get bossy with yourself. You tell yourself, no. This is the day the Lord has made and I will. Not I can rejoice in it, I will. I will give thanks in everything because where would I be without Jesus? I can't have this without him. I can't live this way without him. So Eden, don't be fooled to think you can. Yes, he made me amazing. Yes, he has great plans for you. Yes, you are his workmanship, which means his masterpiece created in Christ Recreated in Christ Jesus, so yes, you are His workmanship. Yes, you are His masterpiece. But you were never made to praise yourself. You don't praise the creation. You don't praise the the, the evidence of what He does. You, you, you worship the source, him. You worship the one in who life and destiny and vision and prosperity and children and, and marriage and all the things that he defined and he invented, you go to him for his point of view to live the abundant life because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Your point of view will steal, kill, and destroy. Your point of view will not get you where God has designed you to thrive, and he has good works for you. He has works that he's going to do with you. Not to impress him, not to earn salvation, because like, I love, I love my job. I love doing what I do. I love, I feel blessed doing what God's called me to do. And if you're not doing what God's called you to do, it's not a lost cause. You can lean into him and get a vision, get a revelation of what he has for you. And that's where I wanted to take this message. It says, Proverbs 16, 9, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. God can't make you move can't make you, faith without works is dead. Faith that doesn't move. So many Christians are sitting around, scared to mess up, scared to make a mistake. I love what our pastor would say, keep moving forward, keep moving. Keep, keep believing God and taking steps. And if you make a mistake, so what? You are not perfect. So the paralysis of analysis of waiting for God to give you, okay, lay it all out, God, 100%. If God showed you the full plan, you'd be scared. You'd be like, no, there ain't no way I can do that. That's why he leads you and guides you. And you, all you have is today. You trust him today. And then in a year from now, two years from now, 10 years from now, you look back and you go, whoa, like if God would have showed me that I I would have, you would have looked to yourself. How am I going to do that? But there's this journey, this revelation, this vision that comes from God in your relationship with Him. And that's why every day it's so fun to trust Him and acknowledge Him because all He has are good things. All He has is joy and peace and life and freedom. So get over your point of view and go to His point of view because all He has is He wants to direct your steps. But you still have to plan with Him. Your heart, your thoughts make a plan. So if your thoughts are set on the flesh, your plan... Is going to lead you to death. Your plan is going to be so like, like a, like a, like limp. What's the word? You know, just like, meh, like people look at the plan and go, oh, when you look back and you look at what you thought you could do and your plans, and then you get a revelation of God and what He can do through you, you go, man, God must be laughing at what I thought was good, at what I thought was big, at what I thought was oh, how am I gonna do that? There are things I'm doing today that I would never have thought I was doing 10, 15 years ago, but as I trusted God and as I decided, I don't care if I make a mistake because I know my heart's in the right place. I know I'm pursuing Jesus and I'm not gonna get it right. He doesn't expect me to get it right. He expects me to trust and to surrender. And if I just get caught up in my head, now I'm getting caught up in my point of view. Do you get it? (laughs) Don't get caught up in what you think. Just surrender that thinking to God and let the word wash over That mind and show you how to how to take those steps. His word teaches you what steps to take, his word guides you in your marriage, in your relationships. It gives you very clear direction. And when I follow that direction, I don't know why I'm shocked that it works. (laughs) It's because I got caught up in my point of view, thinking that the only way I think is the right way to do this is the right way to do this. And then I try his way and I go, Oh goodness, I could have been doing this the whole time. You know, and so I want that for everyone. I don't want, I want that for my kids. I want my kids to be way further along than I was in my journey with God. And that's up to me. I can teach them and show them, hey guys, this is what God says. And look at the revelation that he gave Mummy. And this is what he wants to do for you. You need a godly vision. You need to see things his way. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. In another version, it says, where there is no vision, people perish. So God didn't put you on this world to just suffer and figure it out and like you're in like the mouse trap game, you know? It's like you're just going from thing to thing and like hoping to not get trapped. And no, God put you here for a purpose and a plan and good works that he planned beforehand. So quit playing and like start living life, Eden. You know, that's just the things I tell myself. I, I give myself pep talks and the word of God is the best pep talk you could ever have. If you are responsible enough to be like, Okay, I got it wrong, but I'm not going to let it condemn me because God is going to show me how to get it right. He's going to lead me and guide me as I surrender to him. And I, real, I realize really quick, it's not in my own strength. As you lean on him, you realize, there's no way I could do this without him. Like you look back and people will say, Eden, how do you do this? And I'll go, grace of God, grace of God. All I can say is I just, in my weakness, I go to him for strength. When, I, when my point of view is screaming at me, I start praying. I start singing. I start magnifying him and boasting in him and not in my own strength. And I get my mind set back on the word because this world will always fill you with other stuff, but it's up to you what vision you're going to hold in your heart. It's up to you what thoughts you're going to let captivate your attention. And if we can teach this to our kids, oh man, the next generation of church is going to be a force to be reckoned with. (laughs) And we can do it, we can do it. I know some of you are sitting there being like, I don't know how, just go, just get going. Just take a step, because the paralysis of analysis will kill you. Who cares, just try, just take a step, just read the Bible and put your whole heart into it and go, all right, let's try this tell, you know, share your heart with your spouse and say, look, I know I got it wrong. I know I've been hurting you, but this is what I'm realizing that I was holding on to my point of view. And I want God's point of view for our marriage. Can we seek that together? Can we just humble ourselves? Like, just be real with the people around you. You don't have to be perfect. If God doesn't call you to be perfect, but man does, I don't want to sit around pleasing man. I want to please God. I want to show him a faith that never stops moving. A faith that goes, I'm going to believe every single word you say, God, because I know this word is, the world is full of lies. And I know that it's just going to be this song and dance. It's just going to be this pointless thing that I do, trying to convince the world. But if I am with you, Lord, and I'm listening for you, and I'm and I'm, I'm seeking your peace, and I'm setting my mind on what, who you are, and, and, and that you're, in me, and I can, you can live through me. God is committed to your growth and transformation. Think about this. When you open the Word of God, it's ready to grow you. It's always ready. The moment you open the Bible, the moment you sit on your porch or in your office desk, and you just think about the verse you read that morning, that's meditating. And you just go, Lord, what, is, what does it mean, Eden, when she says, Christ in me, and that my old life is gone? Holy Spirit, can you can you teach me that? Can you reveal that to me? And you just speak to God and you just, that's what today's event card says, be still and know that I'm God. And what Pastor Zach talked about last week, moments of pause, moments of just being still is so good for your soul. Because your mind in a world that wants to conform you, do you realize they're just trying to keep you busy? They're just trying to keep you distracted? It's, it's, a, it's a fake, it's a fraud. It's a fraud we get so, we're thinking we're doing something and we're chasing our tail. I want to be still and I want to know that he is God. Because if I know that he is God, if I let him fill my thoughts, what could I do? What could I accomplish with him if I learn to be still and know and meditate and know that I can know? Believe that you can know because God says you can know. (laughs) Go to your Bible and go, Lord, I'm just going to, Trust what Eden said today, and I'm going to believe that I can know you. And I'm going to keep coming back to you, even in the moments where I feel like, ugh. In a world of Eeyore's, be Tigger. (laughs) My dad loved to make fun of Eeyore, and I thought about that today when I was preparing this message. I loved it when he would talk about Eeyore. (laughs) It's just the best advice. Oh, well. Guess it's raining today. It's going to rain tomorrow. Probably got wet. My life's just going to suck. Eeyore's point of view sucks. I'm sorry, I'm just thinking of my dad. But in a world of Eeyore's beat Tigger, that guy, you could never get him down. But it's not, it's an analogy that fails a little bit, but it's fun. <laughs> you know, when God's in you and you understand who he is in you and the power that you have, nothing can stop you not even loss of loved ones, not even the hardest things you walk through because it doesn't change who God is. It doesn't change the promise that he has for you and it's yes and amen in Christ Jesus. It doesn't stop it. So I'm not gonna stop it. The only thing that can stop it is my point of view. That's the only thing. So I will not let my point of view Be selfish and prideful and what I think is right. I will submit my heart and mind to the word of God and I will let it teach me. I will let it train me. I will let it instruct me and I will find that God has always been good. I will find that he is life, that he is joy, that he is peace, that he's taken care of everything. Oh, death, where is your sting? Right, he's taking care of everything. Even worst case scenario that scares some of us. It's, death isn't scary. To be, to be absent from the body is to be present with Jesus, to be home, to be for our forever home. And this is such a short time that we have here, and I want to get it right. I want to live with all the potential dried up in me so that, I, you know, the Lord says that with long life will I satisfy you. I want to live satisfied. I want to live fully satisfied by what God has for me, and that's a promise for me. And so I'm going to pursue him and nothing else. Amen? Let's pray. God, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, that this world has nothing for us. I pray that you would just, Holy Spirit, that you would just reveal to hearts. So I know you are revealing. I pray that hearts would be open to hear from you, that minds would would draw near and to learn the word and to believe that I can know him. I can learn this. I can walk with him. It's not my life, but it's him living through me. And I can choose his point of view in everything. And it will bring me life and freedom and joy. And God, we thank you for the foundation that has been poured into this church. We thank you for the vision. And God, we are never going to stop. We're going to keep going and pursuing all that you have for us. And I pray that each person here would do that in their own life, in their own family, that they'd realize you believe in them 1,000%, that you are committed to their growth, committed to their transformation. And as as they call on you, as they learn your word, that it transforms them. It doesn't conform them, but it transforms them into something beautiful, something eternal, something that everyone will go, God must be real. Look at what he did in Eden's life. Look at what he did in this life. And God, we just give you all the glory and the praise. It's not in us, it's in you. And we're so thankful for that. With every head bowed and eye closed, if you're here today and you don't know God and you want to or maybe you thought you knew God and you realized it was religion and you want to you want him to fill your spirit you want to be a new creation in Christ Jesus you only have to pray this prayer once in your life it's not something you got to pray over and over and over again it's a it's a miracle the moment you pray it the moment you speak it and the moment you mean it in your heart it says believe it in your heart and speak it with your mouth so if you haven't done that before and you want to bring God into your life and start this journey of choosing his point of view over your point of view we'd love to lead you in that prayer right now and with every If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Just say, I want to give my life to God. I want his point of view. Thank you. Anybody else looking around? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear God, I thank you that you sent your son. I believe that Jesus died for me. Today, I make him my Lord and Savior. I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Congratulations. So good.